You've probably heard the term growth hacking, but what does it mean? Simply put, it's about growing your business in a huge way in not so huge amount of time. It's been a way of life for Twitter and other tech companies who've used it for huge success. But while growth hacking isn't some magic formula that will work for all businesses, you can use some of these methods to create scalable growth in your business. To learn more, go to ReminderMedia.com slash growth hacking and download our Relationship Marketer's Guide to Growth Hacking. That's ReminderMedia.com slash growth hacking. Don't wait. Take action on this today. Hello and welcome to Stay Paid, the sales and marketing podcast from Reminder Media on a mission to help you close more deals and retain more business so you can have a life of freedom tomorrow, but only if you take action today. My name is Joshua Stike. And with you, as always, is Luke Acri. I forgot to start my timer, so yeah, I yeah. take a break there, start my timer. <laughs> I'll tell you this, man. Have you guys ever had those days where like, I have been booked back to back to back all day? Andrea's raising her hand. All day long. And it's like if you miss one little thing, which I did. Your whole day's off. Your whole day's off. So like my one o'clock or sorry, my 12 o'clock went to 117 and I had a one o'clock. And then since then, it's been basically a a nut house. Yeah. Now, do you schedule your meetings to have like uh, five minute buffers or do you just go back to back? Technically, I was not. But Anne Marie, who's a lifesaver, Anne Marie is my assistant, but she really, you know, is way more than an assistant. But um, she books a buffer. But the buffer you should. I've read that you should always like start meetings at like 105. Yeah, 2.05. You know what it's actually teaching me is that um, when you don't show up on time for a meeting, and this is, I'm the biggest hypocrite in saying this, but when you don't show up on time for a meeting or when your meeting runs long, it just means you're unprepared, you're not disciplined. Sometimes you'll have an emergency pop up or something like that, but it usually means that you're just not intentional yeah, about on, what you're doing. Get disciplined. Yeah, seriously. It's all about discipline, people. <laughs> Boom, that's the podcast. <laughs> that's no, the seriously, point. we have a great podcast today. We do. We have an amazing guest. His name is Matt Holder. He is a 24-year-old real estate agent from Oklahoma City. In 2017, Matt partnered with the number one luxury real estate agent within the Oklahoma region, region Excuse me, and has been focused on building a network of real estate agents to deliver an unbeatable experience to the consumer and to the agent. He is the host of the Elevate Real Estate Podcast. Matt Holder, welcome to Stay Paid. Thank you guys for having me. Yeah, Matt, it's awesome to have you on the show. I actually was interviewed on Matt's podcast, the Elevate Podcast. Yeah, check that out. Yeah, it's a great podcast that you guys should check out. I'm excited, Matt, to have you on. I love when we interview people who practice uh, actually in the business. And I say this all the time. One of the pains of being a marketing company is that you don't a lot of times get to be the business that's implementing the market. Like, we're not a real estate company, but we have thousands and thousands of real estate agents that we work with. Yeah. Doesn't mean that our strategies are principles are similar. The yeah, it doesn't mean it's not uh, similar, but it's so awesome to talk to people who not only are teaching principles and talking about marketing that, but they're actually implementing it every single day in their business. So I'm excited to get to know you more, even more than I did on the podcast that we did. And I know the group is going to love hearing your story today. And so I just want to kind of start there and get you to tell the audience kind of who you are, what your background is, how you got into real estate. I mean, you're a young guy and already having tons of success. And then I figured we could jump into really how you are growing your business? Because that's the number one question we get every single day is, you know, how do you generate leads? How are you growing your business? What's your philosophy? What tools are you using? That type of idea. So if you could introduce yourself to the audience, that would be great. 
Well, thank you guys again for having me. And um, like I said, 24 years old. Uh, I got into real estate when I was a senior in high school, actually a junior in high school. And I uh, started with uh, sitting on new home construction. So in Oklahoma, you don't have to have a real estate license if you're employed by a builder. I'm not sure if that's like that where you guys are. Uh, but my entire family has been in uh, new construction or uh, or like building my whole life. So that was the dinner table conversation. And a lot of people don't know, uh, unless you listen to one of my first podcasts, I actually never wanted to be in real estate. I thought that is insane. Uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll go to school. I'm smart. Uh, and I wanted to be a plastic surgeon. Well, things happened with, uh, my family I won't get into, into all that. But if, if you want to listen to my, uh, my story, the hour long version, it's on my podcast first episode. Uh, but you know, life shows up and uh, I decided to make a different decision, something that I felt like I kind of knew, which was real estate. And so in my senior year of high school, I started in real estate school. Uh, and did that at night and uh, passed my real estate exam actually while I was a senior in high school. So while I was sitting in English class, I wasn't, you know, studying English. I was uh, wow. studying my real estate book. Uh, <laughs> I've helped several of my teachers and even principals now uh, uh, buy and sell real estate here in Oklahoma. Uh, Dude, that's so a golden that, nugget right there. Used his network. If you're not getting out of yeah. out of school, what you want yeah. out of it, just yeah, yeah. Like, you know, I'm never gonna read or like. No, I don't need any of this stuff. Like, let me just let's get let's get to it. So we actually had a uh, a pretty large tornado in Oklahoma. It made national uh, headlines. Uh, it was in 2013. It was May 20th, 2013, and that's actually how we graduated high school. Uh, the tornado, came, it was EF5 tornado, came through and destroyed pretty much the you know half the town. Wow. Uh, so the builder that I worked for and developer at that time, childhood best friend, uh, grandparents, uh, I stayed on there, and so I got my license in April of 2013, which wow, that's six years ago. It's crazy. Uh, and in May, graduated in September. And uh, started with Keller Williams Real Estate. And quickly after I got in, uh, I guess because I was young, uh, I looked like I knew technology just because I was, you know, <laughs> half the age of everyone in the office. Uh, but I can tell you, there's, I've got ADD pretty severely. Uh, and technology and I, I mean, I, I love it. It's great. But consistently over time, probably not going to be the one to use it. Uh, <laughs> But, you know, I was 18 years old. I needed to make some money. They were paying me to teach some classes. I thought it was very simple. I was like, you guys need classes around this? So anyway, did that for a little bit. Uh, went to a lot of training. And so my first actual full year in real estate, sep September 2013 to the following September, um, I really invested that time in in learning the business and learning just business in general. Uh not just, I wanted to, you know, part, part of my personality is like, I want to know before I do. And a lot of times you have to do to know. Mm. Uh, but I, I still, I still invested a ton of my time. I really did not have a personal life uh, outside of real estate. Like I made it my, my everything. Uh, and I'm, gr I'm grateful for that, that, you know, now, uh, looking back though, I mean, I, I would be at the office until midnight minimum a couple times a week. Uh, and it was always just investing in myself and growing myself. So 
started in production, uh, like I said, to September 2013, sold just under $2 million, um, so now 19 years old. They actually hired me to be what's called the productivity coach at that uh, market center, which is the local Keller Williams franchise. Uh, and my mom was actually a real estate agent there back in early 2000s, like when I was seven years old. So I knew a lot of these agents, you know, that were still there, the veterans, uh, the broker I knew and, and all of that. Uh, I accepted that position in February or March of 2014. I stayed on there until November. I resigned and moved to the franchise that I'm at now, uh, which is still Keller Williams. It's just uh, kind of centrally located in the city. Uh, made some tough decisions there uh, with business uh, in, in regards to uh, really knowing who I am and what I want and if that's in alignment with the leadership uh, that I was under. And uh, so made some tough decisions there, lost some money, uh, was taken advantage of, I would say, learned a good lesson, though. And, mm. uh, you know, God has, you know, a funny way of, of doing things. So we had... Uh, November of 2014, I had resigned from that position. January 1st of 2015, that same position opened up at the office that I uh, am at now. So they hired me. And I did that. I had 75 coaching clients here at the office. Uh, Many of them are are top agents today. Uh, And I did that until, uh, gosh, 2017, early 2017. And uh, partnered with Wyatt in April of 2017, and he and I have been going ever since. Dang, man, so much in there. So, you know, where to start? So you're, you were a productivity coach in Keller Williams. Walk right, me and through. I also did production uh, here and there. At the same time. Okay, so walk yeah. me through, what is a productivity coach? Like, what is it in Keller Williams? So what I, I'll tell you, I was uh, hired, I think, to be a placeholder probably because <laughs> the position <laughs> needed to be filled at, uh, at the first office I was at. Because looking back, I'm like, who in the hell would hire a 18-year-old or 19-year-old at the time to make to them teach more a productive? 40-year-old how to sell real estate. I'm like, oh, all right, but you know, whatever. I'm grateful for that, uh, probably error in judgment. But uh, you know, like I said, everything happens for a reason. So that job really is to to teach. Uh, agents, the fundamentals of, of, of real estate and really, really just business. So the great thing with Keller Williams and, and many of the large franchises today is that, uh, the team concept, right? Uh, that's the business concept. Right. Um, and so I really became a student of what that meant and, and the ins and outs of it and really learning what the model is and, uh, I mean, I can't tell you pro- how many classes I've been over probably to probably now over a hundred, 150 classes, Jeez. uh, just in six years, um, spent a ton of money in training and coaching. I've had a coach, uh, for probably four of the six years. Okay. Uh, and so I, I you know, first where have piece you of found advice, the coach? I guess, on the- yeah. Where have you found the coach the most helpful? Interestingly enough, uh, personally, uh, you, you know, the the business doesn't get better. The organization doesn't get better until the leader does. And so if Ooh, you know, looking back right there. As, uh, as a coach, uh, I was the leader. I, I've always been, you know, I'm a millennial, so I don't want to work for anybody. Uh, so I've always been, it's very, very important to me to be 
uh, in that independent contractor right uh, category. So even as a productivity coach, I was partnered with the franchise to provide my coaching, you know, to the to the agents, uh, and uh, you know I had my coach every week, and it was really going, you know, personal. Like, what am I dealing with? What what? How can I get better? And as a result, my team get better. Uh, you know, at that time, seventy five agents, and then you know now I've I've got you know eleven agents with Wyatt, and uh, so that's a a smaller group to take so so huge at the same time so you have 11 agents on your team right now yeah Wyatt and I are uh, it's actually Wyatt it's Wyatt Poindexter group um, he's like I said number one luxury agent in Oklahoma region uh, we he he got so many amazing awards we just had our awards ceremony last week and it was Really awesome to see. This guy's worked for uh, longer than I've been alive, uh, just by one year. But I like to say that <laughs> in in the real estate industry, right? And he has been day in, day out. I mean, when when he and I started working together, uh, I think he was carrying probably 40, 45 active listings at one time. Oh my and gosh! Half of them, at least, were over a million dollars. Forty-five and, luxury <laughs> listings. That's unreal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, so having that opportunity to to come in and again, you know, at the time I was twenty two, for someone that's been in the business at you know as long as I've been alive, for him to have that trust in me to go say, you know, how are we going to to build it? Because Wyatt, he is the he's the agent, right? Mm-hmm. He is the the real estate agent of real estate agents. You, those are two different hats: growing a team and, and running a team, and running in that agent capacity, right? Two different skill sets. So he has he has. You do not want me going on a listing appointment. You do not want me working with. I mean, I can do it, and I will, and yet we stay in our own lane. So that's pretty cool. He gave me the opportunity to. Uh, really, you know, show him that that what's possible with the models and the systems that I had been, you know, learning for the past, you know, that at that time four years, uh, how implementing those things into a business can really transform your life. And so he's he's been able to experience a lot more freedom and flexibility uh, in in growing the business and and still have having a business and and not one that you know isn't. Uh, operating when you're not there. Right. No, that's the biggest pain point. That's the hamster wheel of, of real estate and really every service-based industry is, is your business runs you. You don't run your business. You can't go on vacation. Right. You don't have freedom. Let's talk about the nitty gritty then. Let's talk about the lanes, right? So you have, okay. you know, Wyatt doing the lane of real estate and, and he's taking care of the buyers. He's closing the listing appointments, I'm assuming. And then you're coming in and you're really building what I like to call is operational leverage. You know, you're building systems in the business. Can you walk us through, because I know a lot of people in the audience are probably thinking about building teams. They might have teams. How did you come in? Walk us through that journey of coming into this team and what systems did you apply in the business and what have you seen from those systems? What have been some of the mistakes and then what have been some of the successes? Well, we're going to need another podcast for the mistakes <laughs> section because I'm going to talk for a long time. I it's love been it. Two, two bumpy years. Um, but no, seriously, the, fir- the first thing I would probably say to that question, it's a great question, uh, is that you have to earn the right uh, in anything that you do. Okay. 
Uh, here I'm 22 years old. Wyatt and I are our first meeting. And I say this again on my story, uh, that you know, he and I recorded a podcast together. Um, our first meeting was after a mandatory quote unquote, uh, meeting with the brokerage, right? That we've got to have once a year. Uh, the broker knew that he needed leverage and knew that I could be that person. Uh, she also knew that I run and I run fast and I run hard and together we could be a, a powerhouse. Nice. And basically we both had, uh, uh, holes and we could both, you know, fill them. So there's, you know, it's very, our first meeting was in the car. He was driving out to a listing, putting a sign out, a luxury real estate sign out. And I thought, what in the world is he doing? Like, <laughs> that seems like a revenue generating activity right there. <laughs> I mean, I was just shocked, but I was like, don't say anything. Don't say anything. And he said his thing was, Matt, I don't really want to grow a team. Hmm. Uh, what, what I want to do is I want, he's got two, two, two kids, a wife and kids, uh, a wife and two kids. And he said, I want to go on luxury listing appointments. I want to do the marketing because he is amazing at that. And I want to spend time with Angie and the kids. And it's awesome. I was like, all right, that how simple, right? Like that's, that's what everybody that's wants. That's what he wanted. Yeah. Do yeah. what you love. And so exactly. So I was like, all right, we're going to make that happen then. And so step by step, day by day, uh, I would say, you know, problem by problem that, you know, that comes up in, in the day to day in real estate, I earned the right through, I, I believe, uh, handling the, you know, the business, uh, with, with care and as if, you know, his reputation depended on it and it does. So, you know, what you see as Wyatt Poindexter group, and then you see elevate real estate network, uh, Wyatt Poindexter group is a hundred percent Wyatt. Uh, that's, that's him. Uh, and he's, you know, got, uh, you know, total of 11 of us, you know, including him working, working on that brand. Then you have Elevate Real Estate Network, and that's the administration, uh, and operational support that, that supports that, that, that team and that group. Um, and that's kind of what I've been working on and, and refining and developing over time. No, yeah, that gives me a good insight into kind of the the different lanes that you guys are taking. So in terms of like the operational efficiency, because I love this idea of leverage, because here's a thousand pound boulder, you can't move on your own. But if you get a little torque, a little bit of leverage, you can move it, right? And so when you look at the operational stuff you put into the business, like did you start out, did Wyatt have a lead generation system? Did you have to de develop that? Did he have a CRM? You know, what are kind of the first problems that you tackled, the chaos? I know you mentioned there in that story, he's putting out yard signs, you know, which is obviously not a revenue generating type activity. It's more an administrative function type activity. But, you know, what were some of the problems that you tackled and systems that you implemented? So uh, first, when I came on board, uh, the, I remember the, the first thing I did was uh, get a, a website that was... Uh, uh, good for having a team, right? Nice. Uh, we had one, one person working with us at the time, uh, that was, you know, wasn't a good fit. Uh, wasn't, you know, a team player. Okay. Uh, then quickly, you know, got rid of him and, uh, then quickly grew. I mean, over the next, uh, six months grew to, I think six agents. And so we have, uh, 
several really, really amazingly talented people working with us. And that, so if you want to probably say the first thing I did was actually the website. Second thing would be, uh, finding people that could take care of what was going to be coming. And, uh, you know, the people I think in real estate overcomplicate this all the time. Uh, Wyatt didn't have something that he logged into every single day that told him exactly who to call, what to say, what to do. Wyatt did the work day in, day out. I love that. He answered his phone and, uh, and, you know, responded to his clients and, and, you know, communicated uh, with his clients. And, you know, when you have 45 active listings, that gets pretty tough to do, right? Uh, <laughs> on your own. So, uh, and, and have a life. So, you know, through, through adding different pieces of leverage through, you know, systems, uh, someone told me a quote one time and I can't remember, I have to look at a journal if they comment and say, Oh, I want credit for it. Uh, it said, if you're experiencing a problem in your business, it's a leverage problem. Leverage is either systems or it's a person. Yep. And so we added both systems and people, amazing people tell people all the time, look for the first thing is heart, uh, in people. If you don't have a good heart, you can't train that. So you're not a good fit. So no, that's a great point. Yeah. Got some amazing people that, um, you know, I'm not the best at communication and, and uh, communicating a vision. I realized that was a pretty big hole, you know, through working with my coach. And uh, I did it effectively enough in the beginning to uh, attract, you know, people. Of course, you know, people always want to work with the best. And so they, you know, of course, wanted to work with Wyatt. And then now here I'm earning the right to, you know, grow with them and implement different systems with them. So, uh, my, my sole focus now is keeping the agent in what makes them, uh, income. And that's a hundred percent servicing their people, servicing their clients. I love that. I, I just want to break down for the audience a huge principle of running a successful business. Doesn't matter what business you're in, and it's what you have just touched on. I want to make sure they pick up on it. Is if you are in business, you must focus on revenue generating activities and everything else that you do should be leveraged off. So what's revenue generating activities? Well, that's closing listing appointments. That's making phone calls to your sphere of influence, your database, doing the things that either only you can do or the things that are revenue generating. And so many of us, we run towards non-revenue generating activities, putting yard signs in the yard, um, you know, maybe filling out a contract or something like that because it makes us feel good about ourselves like we worked hard that day which we did and those things are necessary but in business you know i think it's mark cuban or grant cardone that says a sale solves all pain meaning if you have a problem you usually have an income problem because there's so many people out there that can give you solutions i.e you put a website into the business who's the company you use for your website if you don't mind me asking I won't answer now because I don't use them anymore. Okay. Uh, so <laughs> you use your I own. Recently got rid of them. Okay, you use your uh, own website right now. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so, so your own we, internal. We use an, a different company now. We just I don't want to say who I implemented at first because it was no, no problem. Who do you use right now? Uh, we are using uh, Ben Kenny's platform called awesome. Brevity. Yep. Yeah. So yeah. No, it's an I know that system. And so you know the one thing I, I'd like to say also is that that. It's not always 
a, uh, a sales problem. I would say it's sometimes an opportunity, uh, an opportunity problem. And the, uh, and I mean that by why it was so focused for think about, think about how much Keller Williams changed in 20 in 23 years now, yeah. right? Where it's a 30 year old, 34 year old company, something like that. So I think about how much change has happened in that time. All right. So think about, you know, why it's been doing the, the, all the tasks that, that the agent does for so long. And he's gotten so busy that he didn't have time to check in with Keller Williams, hmm. right? He was out there doing the thing every single day. So he didn't even realize what the team concept really was and what it could really do for him. Hmm. And also, so it's just, it's, it's not all like he has the sales, right? He has the sales to warrant the team. It's, it's really just the ability to, I would say. And that's not the common, you know, common theme for agents. It, it's amazing that a lot of times we're so focused as, you know, business owners, salespeople, we're so focused on the current transaction that we end up winning the battle and losing the war. And I think that's why 87% of real estate agents fail within five years is they're so desperate for the one transaction that they spend all their time, energy, and effort trying to, you know, I forget who said it. We interviewed someone, they called it commission breath. Um, I forget who yeah, said that, but they get, maybe it was you. That was, I don't know. I, if it was, I say that all the time. Yeah, so I, I forget who it was that told me that the commission breath, but you get commission breath and you focus and you lose sight of building a business, not just a transaction. So I'm curious, you know, as you have coached, you know, obviously tons of different agents and now you've implemented systems with Wyatt, what is the biggest pain point you see from an operational perspective for agents and their teams? Because, you know, I think of my brother right now, like he has a team, you know, what's the biggest pain point and the biggest point of waste that you see happening with teams? Ego. Ego. Yeah. Okay. So here's, here's the thing. Who is the irreplaceable person in a real estate transaction? The client. The client. <laughs> In, in, in regards to our, in, in regards to, to the business side of it, and, and like, I cannot go, I, Wyatt cannot send me to, or give me his, his phone and say, hey, call these people and I want the same results as what I would get. Correct. Right? So that's, I think that if, as agents and as business owners, because that's what every individual agent and independent agent is, yeah. right? A business owner. Right. If you can get over the need for it to be your name or your company or your this or your that, and you can see and buy into a vision that is aligned with yours, like as far as values are concerned, then you can make great partnerships and have a great quality of life as an agent. The, the tasks I outlined one day, uh, or actually it was across a, a week, just on the listing side alone, there's over 300 tasks that need to happen, right? Yes. On the buying side, 
same or more, right? Depending on the maintenance of, of each of each. So you're talking about if if an agent's doing fifty trans, you know, fifty transactions in a year plus the transactions that don't close, how many tasks are actually falling through the cracks or that they're not good at or that maybe they don't just don't want to do or that's not income generating for them. It's a ton. So if you can, you know, basically what I'm saying here is people need to really look at what their long-term goals are and decide, do I want to build a business? And part of building a business is as getting talent to put operations in place for a good customer experience, or do I want to focus on real estate sales? Both are absolutely okay. Both are absolutely okay. Wyatt, he's building a business. He filled in you know, his holes with my talents, right? I am building a business. I filled in my holes with very talented agents that focus on the, on, on their relationships with clients. So I hope that that kind of makes sense. It's, it's keeping the one person that has that relationship in relationship with them and having the ability to maintain and, and really add value to the, their relationships. Yeah, I love that, man. So let me ask you this, because everybody out there is seeking the magic formula for success, right? And we're talking about operations and, and different procedures you can implement in your business. Now, there's obviously no magic formula, but there are things that successful people do, like why it didn't get to 45 listings at one time, because he didn't have some routine things he was doing and implementing our principles he was practicing. You know, same with you in your life. You're so young and you're already super successful. What have you found to be some routines or formulas that you've implemented in your day-to-day life that has driven both success for you in business and personally? That's a very good question. I I would say there's, uh, I mean, there's so many books out there that you can read that give you the, you know, formula. Uh, I think it's taking the, the, the best of each that, that really fit for you and implementing it and doing it consistently. That's probably the key. I can tell you when I look back over the last six years, the times that I most feel or feel most successful, uh, for some reason is when I wake up at four 30 in the morning and I get to the office by, uh, five 30 or six. And, uh, you know, that, you know, call that the miracle morning by Hal Elrod. I think that's a great, great book, great formula. Yeah. Uh, and I would also add to that giving yourself grace because there's a lot of times where I don't wake up at four 30 in the morning. When I do though, that's, that seems to be, uh, the time that really allows me the space to grow myself every single day. Yeah. No, the consistency is what I have found as well is that it's not as much important as what you choose as long as you are committed to what you choose because there's something natural in in just like the evolution of things that even if you choose the wrong thing in choosing it and being committed to it you will eventually get to the end or to the right thing faster than you would have if you didn't choose something and commit to it so then answer me this now i know you're a young guy right but what would you go back and tell young matt that little kid you know, what advice would you give them knowing what you know now and the journey you've been on and some of the ups and downs that you've had and successes? What would you tell younger Matt? What advice would you give? 
Um, there's a, there's a few things I would say, uh, right now I'm in the season or so far this year, I should say, I've been in, uh, been in a season of, uh, self care, understanding that that's not like airy fairy nonsense that, you know, people talk about, uh, but that there's a need for it. Mm. And, uh, I've, I don't know why, uh, you know, what caused this or whatever. And I don't really care to know because now I've had, I have the realization of, you know, got to do it. Uh, but I have equated self care with selfish mm. and, uh, over, you know, over my career. And so that led to burnout in my role as a productivity coach. Uh, and I started to see the same things happening even in my role right now. Uh, and in, in the opportunity that I have right now. So <clears throat> at the beginning of this year, I really decided to take a step back and figure out, okay, am I really practicing what I'm preaching? Uh, and am I really taking care of myself? And taking care of yourself is not selfish. If you're not happy, uh, life is way too short. I can end this podcast today and tragically get in a car accident. Mm-hmm. I mean, who knows? Yep. You know, um, it, it, it is life is so precious and every single moment matters. And if you're not enjoying the things that you're doing, you know, to take this back to real estate. If you're not enjoying uh, real estate and, you know, it's your or you enjoy only some aspects of it, find a team, find a company, find leverage so that you can really enjoy. You, you don't need to uh, choose profit over your most important people, which is your family. Mm. I love that, man. It's so powerful. Great message. Yeah, great, great message. Well, thanks for being here, Matt. Before we close, let people know where they can connect with you, how they can check out your podcast, and check out the Elevate Network. So the podcast is on all platforms, uh, iTunes, Spotify. You can search my name, Matt Holder. I don't think it's quite popular enough yet to, to look up by Elevate Podcast. I didn't realize that's a very popular name, uh, but it's Elevate Real Estate Podcast. And then on Instagram, you can follow uh, me at Matt Holder, uh, two R's. My original name, my real name is just with one R, but you know, uh, Matt Holder is a hairstylist in New York who wants $60,000 <laughs> for that, that name. And I said, no, not yet. Uh, and one the, day. Yeah, maybe. Uh, and then the elevate podcast.com. So thank you guys so much for having me. No, awesome. that's awesome. Thanks for being here. And thank you so much for listening. If you liked what you heard today here on stay paid, please go on iTunes, give us a five star rating. Make sure to leave a comment. Do it. Do it. You can also find this podcast <laughs> in video form on youtube.com slash reminder media or stay paidpodcast.com. Make sure to tell someone else about the podcast today. If you'd like to get hold of me or Luke, please email us at podcast at remindermedia.com or hit us up. Follow us on Instagram. Yes, follow us on Instagram. At Stay Paid Podcast. You can also find Reminder Media on social media. We're at Reminder Media on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, Pinterest. For this episode of Stay Paid, I'm Joshua Steich. And I'm Luke Acre, guys. And I'm going to give you this action item because as I've been listening to Matt and just kind of you know taking in all of the journey he's had and advice he's giving, I think a really, really good good actionable item for all of us to do is to sit down and list out what are the revenue generating activities that drive the business forward and what are the activities that are more operational that are needed because of the revenue generating activities and do you have a good feel and have you id those things and then once you do that 
then work through the process of how do I take all of these non-revenue generating activities, or I'll make a caveat here, non-activities that you hate. So if you love writing marketing headlines, I don't want to, yeah, I don't want to take that away from you. You can do that, but list those out, the the revenue generating things, the things you love to do, and then the operational things that are left, and then start working through the process of how do you leverage these things out to vendors and partners, hiring, because, you know, one of the things that super impressed me about my brother and his business is his willingness to hire an assistant, his willingness to bring on a buyer's agent, just leaping into the pond. And it's driven him to massive success because of his willingness to do that. And I've seen so many agents that they hold back from leveraging those things out because they're nervous to let it go. They don't think they can afford to hire an assistant. They don't think they can afford that vendor. But trust me, when you do this exercise... And then you allow yourself to focus on what? Revenue generating activities. You will produce the income that you definitely give away in the leverage opportunity of passing those operational things out. So remember, the difference between a top producer and a mediocre producer in any industry is top producers take action. So do that exercise. Take action on that today. 